0: It's that time of the week when Stephen Cooper from the VLGA and I get to talk all things governance because it's the governance update. How did we ever come up with that name, Steve Cooper?
1: Uh, It was, I think, a session where we just really expanded our imaginary powers, Chris. It took a lot, really creative types yeah, that someone
0: hit on it just in <laughs> someone <laughs> hit on it just in a moment of inspiration <laughs> maybe someone just said maybe we should do a governance update <laughs> no, actually now, now that you say that i think that's perhaps closer to what happened all right welcome one and all we've got a lot to talk about as usual it, it does seem it's a very vibrant space at the moment steve and uh, this just happened in the last couple of days. A couple of announcements from the state government here in Victoria about municipal monitors. Let's deal with these uh, separately. So firstly, the government has, uh, as I understand it from their official release, relieved, uh, received a request from the mayor and the CEO of Shire for some help with uh, their governance practices. And the minister or the acting minister has appointed Janet Dore as a monitor.
1: Has appointed the experienced Janet door as a monitor and you're quite right, Chris, that the mayor and CEO have made that request um, and good on them for doing that. Uh, the mayor has a uh, history as a councillor pre-amalgamation at an inner city Melbourne council and mm-hmm. appears to have made a, made a tree change. Uh, apart from Mayor Chris Rayburn, uh, the other councillors are all new at the task. And if they've sort of had the self-awareness and recognised that a monitor would be a good thing, and they've certainly publicly welcomed uh, the appointment of Janet Daw.
0: Yes, so um, as this, as you understand it, Janet's task is to to help them understand roles and responsibilities uh, to monitor and ensure that appropriate governance practices uh, are being employed and to report back to the minister after six months. Precisely,
1: yeah. Couldn't have put it better, Chris.
0: And of course, Janet, uh, most recently, interim CEO at Ballarat, but has had a monitor role before at the rural city of Ararat. So as you say, experienced, she she knows what she's about with this task.
1: She's diversified though, Chris. She's moved from the Western Highway to the Hume.
0: (laughs) Indeed. So that's uh, immediate. So Janet's going into Strathbogie in the monitor role, but the uh, the acting minister, Marianne Thomas, has also announced this week that there will be a monitor put in place at South Gippsland Shire following the election. Now, of course, South Gippsland are going back to an elected council after a little over two years under administration. Um, This is a sign that they really want to make sure that this new council gets off to the right start.
1: And it works. That's right, Chris. So yeah, a 12-month or an announcement by uh, the Acting Minister, who's certainly doing more than just warming the seat, um, for a 12-month appointment. The announcement uh, has not yet been made. It will be made at around the time of the election. So um, people who want to speculate about that sort of thing can have a few more weeks to do that. And it's an interesting time at South Gippsland because uh, I have heard from uh, the locals down there that even though um, nominations don't open until next week, there's already in the order of 15 people have publicly declared their hand, their intention to stand um, for the nine seats, uh, three wards uh, of three Mm -hmm. councillors available at South Gippsland. Some would seek to be returning councillors and some who are Probably running on a new broom um, kind of platform. I've
0: noticed publicly some people have actually come out and said pre-existing or previous councillors should not be putting their hand up. I mean that's one view, but there's, the reality is there's nothing to stop them if they if they want to.
1: Chris, we've talked about this before, um, and if the legislators had meant um, for councillors of those councils that had been dismissed to not be able to stand, then they would have written the law accordingly. Or certain actions would have been taken that haven't been taken. So um, there is certainly an entitlement for any returning councillor to stand. I know at at Central Goldfield Shire there is uh, more than one of the current group of councillors who is a returning councillor and the voice of the people will prevail. So, you know, the citizens of South Gippsland will get to vote for who they think is best.
0: History would tell us too, if you look at Brimbank and if you look at Central Goldfields, some previous councillors were returned when those councils went back to election. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, there was no monitor installed at the outset of those new terms. So is this setting a bit of a
1: precedent or a signal as to the government's approach to this going forward, do you think? That's a really good question, Chris, that I hadn't even thought of. Um, Look, I don't know. Um, um, Governments come and go and make the decisions that they think are best at the time. Um, Clearly, uh, Acting Minister Thomas and potentially Minister Lean have received advice that they think a monitor would be a good idea. It doesn't sound like a bad thing. One thing we do know, and um, you're probably better equipped than me to talk about this, Chris, is that a really key element of the role of the administrators is to set the council up uh, with a strategic and policy framework that gives an incoming council um, the best chance of supporting their CEO to succeed.
0: Absolutely right. That is a key part, restoring that confidence, that public and community confidence in the council as an institution with good uh, governance processes going forward. And, And the reason I was asking the question and thinking about it is, You've got Casey and you've got Whittlesey under administration uh, for another three and a bit years. Um, Perhaps this is a way of looking to see whether this is uh, a step that the government can ensure helps set those councils up for success when they return to
1: elected councils. And you're right, Chris, there's a certain logic to it because um, a monitor would be well positioned to provide feedback to government as soon as possible, not just in that kind of watchdog role, but also on the effectiveness of the steps that have been taken mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the dynamics that will that will make for a successful new council. And we all know that strategy and policy is hard work and you don't get a lot of rewards for it as humans, you know, in the kind of political fishbowl of councils. It's much more fun to be having argy-bargy.
0: That's one way of looking at it, yes. All right, uh, we'll watch that <laughs> Said one. With, Said <laughs> with tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> We'll watch that. Argy-bargy, there's our word for the day. Thank you. Or is it two words? Hyphenated? Is it hyphenated? Argy-bargy?
1: The crossword that I do has been a bit inclined lately to have... 10 letters for what i know to be two words of five but anyway let's not go there <laughs> okay
0: all right let's uh research that at a later date uh we want to go north of the border now into new south wales some interesting uh developments this week uh as we've mentioned on the program before the uh, council elections have been deferred for a second time uh back three months now to uh the first week of december what this means is that some councils have mayoral terms and deputy mayoral terms expiring most of them are rolling over, the the mayor and the deputy mayor, if I can put it that way, for that three-month period, as has happened this past week or so in Dubbo. Not the case in Inner West,
1: Steve. Have you seen this? I have, Chris, but you know a bit more about it than me. What I do know is it's got a bit messy in Inner West, Um
0: It has gotten a little bit messy. Uh, I was just uh, calmly sitting, uh, browsing my Twitter feed while I was watching something mindless on the telly on uh, Tuesday night and uh, came across a rather extraordinary thread. I've got to call it what it is, a a bit of a rant on Twitter from uh, the outgoing mayor, as it turns out, Darcy Byrne at Inner West. It's still there uh, for anyone to have a look at. Um, Effectively, what the Inner West Council has decided to do is change the mayor and the deputy mayor for the next three months. Uh, Councillor Byrne um, seems to think that's a poor decision. Called it a backroom deal. Uh, even says in the middle of a crisis, it's not the time to be changing uh, mayor. But change they have, and there's a new mayor to take them through into December. I, I think it's worth a read.
1: uh oh, it's a cracking read, Chris, and it's worthwhile also um, going to the backstory, which is that there's you know been conduct issues at the council. Um, where the mayor's been inveigled into those conduct issues. And going further to what you said, that um, I think the mayor has pointed to the fact that in the middle of a a COVID pandemic, uh, continuity of the mayoralty is very important. Um, I wouldn't presume, Chris, to talk about the local government system in Victoria, but one thing I do know, uh, sorry, in New South Wales, but one thing I do know about the local government system in in Victoria is that emergency management um, arrangements should be Um, thoughtfully considered and locked down to the point that what is going on at the political or elected level should not make a difference um, to the effectiveness of those emergency management arrangements. And if they are making a difference, then maybe the emergency management arrangements aren't what they could be. Uh,
0: Just one more thing on uh, Inner West before we leave it. Um, As I've reported recently on the Roundup, uh, that council, when it goes to election in December, is, is, is asking its residents uh, a separate question and that is whether they support the de-amalgamation of inner west back to the original three councils that formed inner west uh marrickville is one uh Leichhardt is one the the name of the others escaping me but i know uh you're quite interested to see what happens with Leichhardt.
1: well actually there's two reasons chris and one is that you may regret that um prognostication earlier that argy bargy is the word of the week because we i think trifocated is making a- The other thing, of course, is that um, sort of scholars or students of local government who have a particular age might recall the fabulous documentary Rats in the Ranks about the machinations leading to the election of mayor at the city of um, at the former city of Leichhardt, which may again be a city uh, involving a colourful fellow called uh, Larry Hand, who was a, a, a mayor for multi terms there. Um, the thing about rats in the ranks, Chris, you might recall it's a fly in the wall doco where the councillors became so accustomed to the cameras being in the room that they were very candid and perhaps on reflection might not have been as candid as they actually were. Um, thanks for the late homework. If anyone wants a copy, it's on the Film Australia website at nineteen ninety five for personal use. <laughs>
0: We did have a quick look to see if it's available for streaming because I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never seen it. I've heard about it, but it's not something I've ever been able to sit down and watch. Uh, So I've got to rely on having watched Grassroots, which is, of course,
1: fabulous as well. Oh, no. (laughs) A a good bit of parody, Grassroots. But um, rats in the ranks, uh, the lessons live on, Chris. It's timeless.
0: Um, Now, talking about mayors in New South Wales, uh, just a quick comment. Um, They've been a bit miffed that the Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, won't meet with them about COVID. They've really doubled down on this, by the way. They made the uh, request through local government, New South Wales. Uh, The Premier referred them to the Office of Local Government or the Minister for Local Government. Um, LG New South Wales and others have come out and said, no, we believe we should have the opportunity to meet with the Premier. I don't know. In Victoria, I think it'd be pretty rare that you'd uh, you'd get an audience with the Premier, um, even if you
1: were a large number
0: of mayors, wouldn't you think,
1: Steve? I, yeah, I would have thought so as a general rule, Chris. The thing that struck me on this particular topic is a reminder that stakeholder management is a skill. Mm. Um, and if you're having a meeting, the idea of a meeting is for both parties to advance their respective causes, you know, advance understanding come away with a bit of dignity and um, I just wonder at times whether the moment you've had to go public and say we can't get a meeting in fact it seems like both parties are sort of diminished by that and that generally it's a good idea for councillors to work closely with their officers around how stakeholder management is done.
0: I notice uh, in the midst of all of this uh, a press release from the Office of Local Government in New South Wales Uh, pointing out how council mayors and general managers have been joining together for a series of ongoing webinars organised by the Minister for Local Government to hear the latest COVID-19 developments from key government ministers and senior officials. I think that's their answer. I think that was the forum. (laughs) That was what you got. (laughs) I do wonder whether they call those webinars uh, LG Connect or something, because I've noticed uh, quite a... We were the
1: first... I've got to we've say, one of we the
0: first. And we think imitation's is the, finest,
1: imitation is the finest form of flattery, Chris. And if there's not the word connect. Um, in those meetings that they've been having, maybe that is something to complain about.
0: All right. Uh, again, just one to reference in passing. This is uh, fairly complex. I don't want to get into a lot of detail about it, but there has been some press down in Tasmania about the appointment of the new general manager of the Huon Valley Council. Expected uh, This is Jason Brown expected to take up the role later this month. But there's been some allegations about uh, conflicts of interest and confidentiality, etc., which uh, I'm making no judgement on because I have got no idea, but it's not a good look when you see this whole process being played out in the press in this way.
1: Uh, not at all, Chris. And I think anyone that's interested, it would be a worthwhile exercise to Google Huon Valley Council and probably um, tick the box that says last month. Um, and you're right, the two issues that have emerged are an allegation of conflict of interest, which further information has been requested and I'd be really looking forward when that request has been finalised and the information is certain for us to talk about that um, further. The other one is um, an issue around confidentiality, and I thought a nice reminder um, because it does appear to be on the public record that the names of multiple candidates for the role have been released, and um, I think speaking generally, um, the names of applicants for any position ought be confidential. And it's a nice reminder, I guess, Chris, of the regime that we've got in Victoria where um, there are a raft of categories of material that are confidential, none of which are a particular surprise. All those magic words, um, any matter of which a councillor ought reasonably know should yes. be confidential. And <laughs> I would have thought that names of candidates would be right up there.
0: I would have thought so too. Mm. All right, as you say, you can do a Google if you want to find out some more about that. Uh, a couple of other notes, uh, Steve. Uh, local Government Professionals Australia, noting they have a new national president in Jonathan Throssel, who's also the CEO of the Shire of Mundaring. Am I saying that right? Mundaring, Mundaring, do you know? No, I no. don't Western Australia? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, a new CEO of the... Um, Local Government Professionals Australia in Catherine Carter, who's coming from Engineers Australia, and we wish her all oh, the best. Absolutely, yeah. Now, some other classified notices before we finish up. Fast Track for Mayors and Councillors. It's coming up very quickly.
1: It's on the 1st of October, Friday the 1st of October, Chris. Um, and we weren't going to run it at the start of the year, but because Fast Track 1 was so successful, we've gone again. Um We've made the call to go online because it quite obviously can't be face to face and engaged a um, professional um, virtual production company to support us in that process and we are really excited about the look and feel of this event. Um, It will go for most of the day. Three um, high power panels and uh, some of the same people, every panel is different, every panel Uh, The topic is now about the context of where are we now, uh, 12 months in. So our first panel will be unpacking what's happened in the last 12 months. Nolene Duff, uh, not only an administrator, but uh, a particularly experienced CEO. Sarah Rye from um, Justicia Lawyers and the Local Government Inspectorate. We will talk about the transition for councillors from that role of preparing strategy with all of that work that's been done in the last 12 months into what does it take to move to the uh, implementation and oversight role um, that's really important in year two with Nicola Wass from uh, RPS Consulting, Kate Redwood, former councillor at Melbourne and Hepburn Shire and the rather excellent Andrew Day, CEO of Manningham Council. You've, you've really struggled with this panel, haven't you? Oh, well, oh, you, you just wait. Um, third panel, you can talk about all of that, but fundamentally it's about people and sometimes we get disappointed by what happens. And we've got um, the rather excellent Anne McCormick from Canada, who's written a fabulous book, who's driving the greater that I keep talking about, because Ian understands the dynamics, which is good. Uh, Melissa Scadden, uh, lawyer and dispute resolver extraordinaire. And yeah, we did scrape the battle, barrel. A bloke called Chris Eddy, who, I think, Chris, your capacity, um, how would I describe this nicely, the fact that you are a bit of a social butterfly means that you have done a bunch of work at a range of councils and you've seen a lot of stuff and are seeing the patterns. So we're really looking forward to that. I wondered how you're going to justify my inclusion (laughs) of that. No
0: reflection on the other two. They're very, very, very good. They are
1: very good. uh, Well, uh, we we thought that they are both good enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that we
0: can just fill the uh, fill the last spot with anyone. I'm with you. I understand. Uh, seriously, looking forward to that on the first of October, and uh, I understand there's strong interest and uh, strong registrations already. So that's well,
1: great. we've got registrations coming in. It'll be designed in a way where uh, we're very clear on the timetable. It'll be a bit of fun too. Acclaimed um, actor Chris Connolly will do some work just to get people thinking uh, in a different frame. Uh, so you come away not just having heard a bunch of people speak, but you know our real aim is to to run an event where people can uh, you know counselors, particularly uh, leaders, those. Uh, with a leadership role, either formally or informally, and councillors in councils can be as effective as possible. Now,
0: next week, Steve, I'm going to spend some quality time with three fine people, one of whom you've mentioned already, in uh, preparation for the next live panel under the VLGA Connect banner, and that's on electing the mayor because it's that time of year.
1: Yeah, and we got Anne McCormick back for that one as well because Anne's next next book is around the characteristics of effective mayors. And I understand you also found an effective mayor, Chris.
0: Yes, uh, Kim O'Keefe, the wonderful Kim O'Keefe from Greater Shepparton City Council is going to be joining us on that panel.
1: And Kim's had a bit of it on her plate in the last few weeks and well done to the folk at Shepparton in terms of how they've responded to the, the COVID outbreak there too, by the way, Chris. I think that's a fabulous story. And we've also got... speaking Tony about- Rannick. Managing Partner of Hudson Hunt, Hunt, who of course is a former mayor at the Nillambeck Shire. So um, that notion, and I've been saying for a long time, Chris, that the Local Government Act is framed in a way now which gives councils a job description for the role of mayor. So again, as this first year has rolled around, thinking through um, that decision for councils becomes very important. And what date was that on?
0: That is on the 23rd of September, which is a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And you've just also reminded me we've been very remiss and not mentioned Hunt and Hunt lawyers as the sponsor of this program, uh, for which we're really, really grateful to have them on board.
1: Too true. So, and just ducking back to those um, events too, Chris, of course, um, both of those can be booked through the events page on the VLGA website. And Steve, looking ahead to next
0: week, you've been chatting with Lucy Dalton, the Director of Policy and Strategy at Local Government Victoria, and she's going to join us on the program.
1: Looking forward to that, Chris, because I'm not sure if you've noticed, but in the culture space in local government, there is a bit going on. Um, And in particular, we're going to talk with Lucy about um, where we're at with the culture review for local government. And I think we've talked before about the importance for councils to consider this topic so when PricewaterhouseCoopers, the consultants, come knocking at the door, um, you've got some um, some good responses to make this a worthwhile exercise.
0: Looking forward to that. So we'll have Lucy on the show next week. Uh, Steve, enjoy the rest of the week, what there is of it, and we we'll look forward to catching up with more governance news. Busy, busy time, I'm sure. We'll have lots more to sift through next week. Thanks, Chris. Steve Cooper is the Chief of Staff at the VLGA, and that's the governance update in the can for the 10th of September with our thanks to Hunt and Hunt Lawyers. See you again soon on VLGA Connect.